Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our Course in Miracles daily reading conference call. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles original edition, which is published by our dear friends of Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, or if you mouse of a link atop for online edition, you'll see the link to read A Course in Miracles OE. On that same drop-down, there's an option to subscribe to have both the text reading for the day and the lesson sent to your email from the Course in Miracles Society. My name is Lori Cameron. This call is Monday through Friday from 9.15 to about 10.50. And today we continue our reading of Chapter 25, The Remedy, with Section 3, The Savior from the Dark. We're also mindful of our lesson today. Lesson 269. My sight goes forth to look upon Christ's face. And by way of opening this morning, I'm just really happy to be able to share this poem from David White. It comes from his book, Still Possible. <clears throat> and the poem is called, It's Still Possible. And it goes like this. It's still possible to fully understand you have always been the place where the miracle has happened, that you have been since your birth, the bread given and the wine lifted, the change witnessed and the change itself, that you have secretly been all along a goodness that can continue to be a goodness to itself. It's still possible in the end to realize why you are here and why you have endured and why you might have suffered so much so that in the end you could witness love miraculously arriving from nowhere, crossing bravely as it does out of darkness from that great and spacious stillness inside you to the simple, light-filled life of being said. My sight goes forth to look upon Christ's face. Amen. Oh, thank you, Lori. Thanks for that. Amen. Beautiful. Thank you, Lori. Wow. Thanks, you guys. Isn't that a wonder? These things yeah. just keep appearing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Love out of nowhere. Yeah. I love the way you do this every day. Every day you get a great one. Thank you so much. <laughs> it's just a joy, I'm telling you. Thanks for letting me do it. Oh, good. Okay, friends, here's our reading list. This morning we have Fran, Lemoyne, Judy, Jessica, Karen, Robin Marie, and Donna. We're joined in listening by Ida. And has anyone else joined us that would like to say good morning or be on the reading list? Um, Micah and Roz are here, and uh, I'll read. Thanks. Oh, oh, very good. Thank you. Glad you guys are here. Okay. <clears throat> and so we're taking up in Chapter 25, The Remedy, with Section 3, The Savior from the Dark, with Paragraph 12. 
Is it not evident that what the body's eyes perceive fills you with fear? Perhaps you think you find a hope of satisfaction there. Perhaps you fancy to attain some peace and satisfaction in the world as you perceive it. Yet it must be evident that the outcome does not change. Despite your hopes and fancies, always does despair result. And there is no exception, nor will there ever be. The only value that the past can hold is that you learn it gave you no rewards you would want to keep. For only thus will you be willing to relinquish it and have it gone forever. Fran. The Savior, part three, the Savior from the Dark, paragraph 12. Is it not evident that what the body's eyes perceive fills you with fear? Perhaps you think you find a hope of satisfaction there. Perhaps you fancy to attain some peace and satisfaction in the world as you perceive it. Yet it must be evident the outcome does not change. Despite your hopes and fancies, always does despair result. And there is no exception, nor will there ever be. The only value that the past can hold is that you learn it gave you no rewards that you would want to keep. For only thus will you be willing to relinquish it and have it gone forever. 13. Is it not strange that you should cherish still some hope of satisfaction from the world you see? In no respect at any time or place has anything but fear and guilt been your reward. How long is needed for you to realize the chance of change in this respect is hardly worth delaying change that might result in better outcome? For one thing is sure, the way you see and long have seen gives no support to base your future hopes and no suggestions of success at all. To place your hopes where no hope lies must make you hopeless. Yet is this hopelessness your choice? While you would seek for hope where none is ever found. Thank you, Fran. And Lemoyne, are you able to read? Yeah, yes. Thank you. Is it not strange that you should cherish still Is it not strange that you should cherish still some hope of satisfaction from the world you see? In no respect, at any time or place, has anything but fear and guilt been your reward. How long is needed for you to realize the chance of change in this respect is hardly worth delaying change that might result in better outcome? For one thing is sure, the way you see and long have seen gives no support to base your future hopes and no suggestions of success at all. <clears throat> to place your hopes where no hope lies must make you hopeless. Yet is this hopelessness your choice while you would seek for hope where none is ever found? Is it not also true that you have found some hope apart from this, some glimmering, inconstant, wavering, yet dimly seen, that hopeless, 
yet dimly seen that hopefulness is warranted on grounds that are not in this world? And yet your hope that they may still be here prevents you still from giving up the hopeless and unrewarding task you set yourself. Can it make sense to hold the fixed belief that there is reason to uphold pursuit of what has always failed on grounds that it will suddenly succeed and bring what it has never brought before? Thank you, Lemoyne. And Judy. Hooey, thank you, Lori. Surrender, Dorothy. Is it not also true that you have found some hope apart from this? Some glimmering, inconstant, wavering, yet dimly seen, that hopefulness is warranted on grounds that are not in this world, and yet your hope that they may still be here prevents you still from giving up the hopeless and unrewarding task you set yourself. Can it make sense to hold the fixed belief that there is reason to uphold pursuit of what has always failed on grounds that it will suddenly succeed and bring what it has never brought before? Hoo-wee. The past has failed. Its past has failed. Be glad that it has gone within your mind to darken what is there. Take not the form for content, for the form is but the means for content. And the frame is but a means to hold the picture up so that it can be seen. A frame that hides the picture, excuse me, has no purpose. It cannot be a frame if it is what you see. Without the picture is the frame without its meaning. Its purpose is to set the picture off and not itself. Thank you, Judy. Uh, Jessica. Uh, Fifteen. Its past has failed. Be glad that it has gone within your mind to darken what is there. Take not the form for content, for the form is but a means for content. And the frame is but a means to hold the picture up so that it can be seen. A frame that hides the picture has no purpose. It cannot be a frame if it is what you see. Without the picture is the frame without its meaning. Its purpose is to set the picture off and not itself. Who hangs an empty frame upon a wall and stands before it, deep in reverence, as if a masterpiece were there to see? Yet if you see your brother as a body, it is but this you do. The masterpiece that God has set within this frame is all there is to see. The body holds it for a while without obscuring it in any way. Yet what God has created needs no frame. For what he has created, he supports and frames within himself. 
His masterpiece he offers you to see. And you would rather see it, and you would rather see the frame instead of this? And see the picture not at all? Thank you, Jessica. And Karen. 16. Who hangs an empty frame upon a wall and stands before it deep in reverence as if a masterpiece were there to see? Yet if you see your brother as a body, it is, it is but this you do. The masterpiece that God has set within this frame is all there is to see. The body holds it for a while without obscuring it in any way. Yet what God has created needs no frame. For what he has created, he supports and frames within himself. His masterpiece, he offers you to see. And would you rather see the frame instead of this? And see the picture not at all? 17. The Holy Spirit is the frame God set around the part of him that you would see as separate. Yet its frame is joined to its creator, one with him and with his masterpiece. This is its purpose. And you do not make the frame into the picture when you choose to see it in its place. The frame that God has given it but serves his purpose, not yours apart from it. It is your separate purpose that obscures the picture and cherishes the frame instead of it. Yet God has set his masterpiece within a frame that will endure forever when yours has crumbled into dust. But think you not the picture is destroyed in any way. What God creates is safe from all corruption, unchanged, and perfect in eternity. Thank you, Karen. And Robin Marie. 17. The Holy Spirit is the frame God set around the part of him that you would see as separate. Yet its frame is joined to its creator, one with him and with his masterpiece. This is its purpose, and you do not make the frame into the picture when you choose to see it in its place. The frame that God has given it but serves his purpose, not yours apart from his. It is your separate purpose that obscures the picture and cherishes the frame instead of it. Yet God has set his masterpiece within a frame that will endure forever when yours has crumbled into dust. But think you not the picture is destroyed in any way. What God creates is safe from all corruption, unchanged, and perfect in eternity. 18. Accept God's frame instead of yours, and you will see the masterpiece. Look at its loveliness and understand the mind that thought it not in flesh and bones, but in a frame as lovely as itself. Its holiness lights up the sinlessness the frame of darkness hides and casts a veil of light across the picture's face, which but reflects the light that shines from it to its creator. Think not this face was ever darkened because you saw it, 
in a frame of death. God kept it safe, that you might look on it and see the holiness that he has given it. Thank you, Robin Marie. And Donna. Eighteen. Accept God's frame instead of yours, and you will see the masterpiece. Look at its loveliness and understand the mind that thought it, not in flesh and bones, but in a frame as lovely as itself. Its holiness lights up the sinlessness the frame of darkness hides and casts a veil of light across the picture's face, which but but reflects the light that shines from it to its creator. Think not this face was ever darkened, because you saw it in a frame of death. God kept it safe that you might look on it and see the holiness that he has given it. 19. Within the darkness, see the Savior from the dark and understand your brother as his father's mind shows him to you. He will step forth from darkness as you look on him and you will see the dark no more. The darkness touched him not, nor you who brought him forth for you to look upon. His sinlessness but pictures yours. His gentleness becomes your strength, and both will gladly look within and see the holiness that must be there because of what you looked upon in him. He is the frame in which your holiness is set, and what God gave him must be given you. However much he overlooks the masterpiece in him and sees only a frame of darkness, it is still your only function to behold in him what he sees not. And in this scene is the vision shared that looks on Christ instead of seeing death. Thank you, Donna. And Micah. Okay, I, I just got back to my book. What paragraph would that be? Uh, you would be on 19 and 20. Okay. Yeah, we had something going on here. Hang on. Okay, 19 and 20. Um, within the darkness, see the Savior from the dark and understand your brother as his father's mind shows him to you. He will step forth from darkness as you look on him, and you will see the dark no more. The darkness touched him not, nor you who brought him forth for you to look upon. His sinlessness but pictures yours. His gentleness becomes your strength and both will gladly look within and see the holiness that must be there because of what you looked upon in him. 
He is the frame in which your holiness is set, and what God gave him must be given you. However much he overlooks the masterpiece in him and sees only a frame of darkness, it is still your only function to behold in him what he sees not. And in this seeing is the vision shared that looks on Christ instead of seeing death. 20. How could the Lord of heaven not be glad if you appreciate his masterpiece? What could he do but offer thanks to you who love his son as he does? Would he not make known to you his love if you but share his praise of what he loves? God cherishes creation as the perfect father that he is, and so his joy is made complete when any part of him joins in his praise to share his joy. This brother is his perfect gift to you, And he is glad and thankful when you thank his perfect son for being what he is. And all his thanks and gladness shine on you who would complete his joy along with him. And thus is yours completed. Not one ray of darkness can be seen by those who will to make their father's happiness complete and theirs along with his. The gratitude of God himself is freely offered to everyone who shares his purpose. It is not his will to be alone, and neither is it yours. Thank you, Micah. And would there be a new reader for 20 and 21? Back to you, Fran. 20. How could the Lord of heaven not be glad if you appreciate his masterpiece? What could he do but offer thanks to you who love his son as he does? Would he not make known to you his love if you but share his praise of what he loves? God cherishes creation as the perfect father that he is. And so his joy is made complete when any part of him joins in his praise to share his joy. This brother is his perfect gift to you, and he is glad and thankful when you thank his perfect son for being what he is. (coughs) And all his thanks and gladness shine on you, who would complete his joy along with him. And thus is yours completed. Not one ray of darkness can be seen by those who will to make their father's happiness complete and theirs along with his. The gratitude of God himself is freely offered to everyone who shares his purpose. It is not his will to be alone, and neither is it yours. 21. Forgive your brother, and you cannot separate yourself from him nor from his father. You need no forgiveness, for the holy pure have never sinned. Give them what he has given you, that you may see his son as one and thank his father as he thanks you, nor believe that all his praise is given not to you. For what you give is his, 
In giving it, you learn to understand his gift to you. And give the Holy Spirit what he offers unto the Father and the Son alike. Nothing has power over you except his will and yours, who but extend his will. It was for this you were created and your brother with you and at one with you. Thank you, Fran. And Lemoyne. Forgive your brother, and you cannot separate yourself from him nor from his father. You need no forgiveness, for the holy pure have never sinned. Give them what he has given you, that you may see his son as one, and thank his father as he thanks you. Nor believe that all his praise is given not to you. For what you give is his, and giving it you learn to understand his gift to you. And give the Holy Spirit what he offers unto the Father and the Son alike. Nothing has power over you except his will and yours, who but extend his will. It was for this you were created and your brother with you, and at one with you. You are the same, as God himself is one and not divided in his will. And you must have one purpose, since he gave the same to both of you. His will is brought together as you join in will, that you be made complete by offering completion to your brother. See not in him the sinfulness he sees, but give him honor that you may esteem yourself in him. To each of you is given the power of salvation that escape from darkness into light be yours to share, that you may see as one what never has been separate nor apart from all God's love as given equally. Thank you, Lemoyne. And Judy. Twenty-two. You are the same as God himself is one and not divided in his will. And you must have one purpose since he gave the same to both of you. His will is brought together as you join in will that you be made complete by offering completion to your brother. See not in him the sinfulness he sees, but give him honor that you may esteem yourself and him. To each of you is given the power of salvation that escape from darkness into light be yours to share, that you may see as one what never has been separate nor apart from all God's love is given equally. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Judy, and thank you, everyone, I read this morning. And, um, <clears throat> gosh, 
there's a lot to summarize here. Um, so beg your pardon for the length in chapter in section three of the Savior from the Dark. <clears throat> Is it not evident that what the body's eyes perceive fills you with fear? Perhaps you think you find a hope of satisfaction there. Perhaps you fancy to attain some peace and satisfaction in the world as you perceive it. The only value that the past can hold is that you learn it gave you no rewards that you would want to keep. For only thus will you be willing to relinquish it and have it gone forever. Paragraph 13. <clears throat> is it not strange that you should cherish still some hope of satisfaction from the world you see? One thing is sure, the way you see and long have seen gives no support to base your future hopes and no success, suggestions of success at all. In 13, no, I'm sorry, 15, the past has failed. Be glad that it is gone within your mind to darken what is there. Take not the form for content, for the form is but a means of content. And the frame is but a means to hold the picture up so that it can be seen. A frame that hides the picture has no purpose. It cannot be a frame if it is what you see. Without the picture is the frame without its meaning. Its purpose is to set the picture off and not itself. In 16, who hangs an empty frame upon a wall and stands before it deep in reverence as if a masterpiece were there to see. Yet if you see your brother as a body, it is this you do. The masterpiece that God has set within this frame is all there is to see. The body holds it for a while without obscuring it in any way. What God has created needs no frame. For what he has created, he supports and frames within himself. His masterpiece he offers you to see. In 17, the Holy Spirit is the frame God set around the part of him that you would see as separate. Yet God has set his masterpiece within a frame that will endure forever when yours is crumbled into dust. But think you not the picture is destroyed in any way. What God creates is safe from all corruption, unchanged and perfect in eternity. In 18, accept God's frame instead of yours, and you will see the masterpiece. Look at its loveliness and understand the mind that thought it, not in flesh and bones, but in a frame as lovely as its capital self. In 19, within the darkness, see the Savior from the dark, and understand your brother as his father's mind shows him to you. He will step forth from darkness as you look on him, and you will see the dark no more. The darkness touched him not, nor you who brought him forth for you to look upon. His sinlessness but pictures yours. His sinlessness is the frame in which your holiness is set. And what God gave him must be given you. However much he overlooks the masterpiece in him and sees only a frame of darkness, it is still your only function 
to behold in him what he sees not. And in this scene is the vision shared that looks on Christ instead of seeing death. In 20, God cherishes creation as the perfect father that he is. And so his joy is made complete when any part of him joins in his praise to share his joy. This brother is his perfect gift to you. And all his thanks and gladness shine on you who would complete his joy along with him. And thus is yours completed. It is not God's will to be alone. And neither is it yours. 21. Forgive your brother and you cannot separate yourself from him nor from his father. You need no forgiveness for the holy pure have never sinned. Give then what he has given you that you may see his son as one and thank his father as he thanks you. For what you give is his and giving it you learn to understand his gift to you. Nothing has power over you except his will and yours who but extend his will. It is for this you were created and your brother with you and at one with you. In 22, you are the same as God himself is one and not divided in his will. And you must have one purpose since he gave the same to both of you. See in this brother, this, not the sinfulness he sees, but give him honor that you may esteem yourself and him. To each of you is given the power of salvation that escape from darkness into light be yours to share. Amen. And we have just a few minutes from before the top of the hour, so the floor is open. Uh, this is Micah. I, um, in paragraph 16, I just love this part here where uh, the masterpiece that God has set within this frame is all there is to see. The body holds it for a while without obscuring it, without obscuring it in any way. Um, and uh, let's see if I want to read more. And yet what God has created needs no frame. Uh, I, I just love how there is no sacrifice, you know, that we will, uh, as our vision moves to seeing the invisible nature of our brother as mind and as spirit, you know, our eternal truth. And uh, as we move into that vision, uh the body will not obscure it in any way. We can look, you know, have our experiences in space-time, and, and it won't d diminish unless I, you know, unless I get identified with, you know, some reaction or something like that. That's what diminishes it. But if I stay aligned with spiritual sight and how the Holy Spirit sees or the higher self sees, the um, the body will not, 
stand in the way, but will actually add to the expression of of that formless, changeless reality that is my brother. Uh, it's a profound movement into the spacious self, and, and to really acknowledge our brother as spirit and watch it come alive in space, right? Right in the dream of space, in, in space and time, you know, it, it transcends space and time, but here it is, surrounding what seems like us and how alive it gets. Um, it, it's, it's a, you know, Jesus says the holy relationship is a phenomenal teaching accomplishment because to see one brother in truth is is to see all our brothers that way and it it's the beginning of a a, a vision of unity um anyway i'm, I'm done things thank you Micah. yeah thank you Micah. that's beautiful you're welcome This is Donna. Um, Paragraph 21, the second sentence, it popped out at me. You need no forgiveness. And it just hit me so beautifully because I usually always trying to forgive myself and that's impossible. And um, it came to me like this. We learn from error. Uh, that we need better vision, as we would with new glasses at this level, to see more clearly. And and then the problem I have with uh, trying to forgive is then guilt sets in. So, because then I feel guilty. But he says we don't need to be forgiven, so that makes guilt void. So, what came to me when I was hearing this was. When I see someone I can't stand, I need only know guilt is useless. I need only ask for clearer vision. I am complete. Thank you, Donna. That was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Thank, Thank you, Donna. I'm going to raise my hand. Oh, it's, it's time for the lesson. I'll wait till after. Okay. All right. Let's do exactly that. Thanks, Judy. Oh, this lesson is so perfectly aligned with the reading. So thank you, Fran, for once again helping us reflect thank on the you. lesson. Thank you, Lori. Everything. <laughs> Hi, everybody. We are in the second part of the workbook, and we're still on the theme, What is the Body? And today's lesson is Lesson 269, My Sight Goes Forth to Look Upon Christ's Face. So I shall read some from What is the Body? The body is a fence the Son of God imagines he has built to separate parts of his self from other parts. It is within this fence 
he thinks he lives, to die as it decays and crumbles. For within this fence, he thinks that he is safe from love. Identifying with its safety, he regards himself as what his safety is. The body will not stay. Yet this he sees as double, quote, safety. For the Son of God's impermanence is, quote, proof his fences work and do the task his, his mind assigns to them. The body is a dream. Like other dreams, it sometimes seems to picture happiness, but can quite suddenly revert to fear, where every dream is born. For only love creates in truth, and truth can never fear. Made to be fearful, must the body serve the purpose given it. But we can change the purpose which the body will obey by changing what we think that is for. The body is the means by which God's Son returns to sanity. Your safety lies in truth and not in lies. Love is your safety. Fear does not exist. Identify with love and you are safe. Identify with love and you are home. Identify with love and find your true self. So I'll go over to the lesson now. Lesson 269. My sight goes forth to look upon Christ's face. I ask your blessing on my sight today. It is the means which you have chosen to become the way to show me my mistakes and look beyond them. It has given me to find a new perception through the guide you gave to me and through his lessons to surpass perception and return to truth. I ask for the illusion which transcends all those I made. Today, I choose to see a world forgiven in which everyone shows me the face of Christ and teaches me that what I look upon belongs to me, that nothing is except your Holy Son. Today our sight is blessed indeed. We share one vision as we look upon the face of him whose self is ours. We are one because of him who is the Son of God, of him who is our own identity. We'll take a moment to reflect on this. Lesson 269. My sight goes forth to look upon Christ's face.
Today, our sight is blessed indeed. We share one vision as we look upon the face of him whose true self is ours. We are one because of him who is the Son of God, of him who is our own identity. Lesson 269. My sight goes forth to look upon Christ's face. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Fran. That's so beautiful. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Fran. Thank you, Fran. And Judy, you said you had your hand up? Oh, it's just such a beautiful reading and, and lesson today. And, um, you know, that I am responsible for what I see and that I am responsible for completing my joy and God's joy. And how do I do that? By looking for the face of Christ in everyone I see. Excuse me. Subparagraph 19 makes it perfectly clear for me. To see within the darkness, see the Savior from the dark, and understand your brother as his father's mind shows him to you, that God created us in the purity of his light, the purity of his innocence, the purity of spirit, and that we cannot change that. We cannot distort that. It needs no interpretation. It is understandable, and it's easy to, to love because it is understandable. And I can identify with it because it is the truth in me. And he will step forth from darkness. As you look on him, and you will see the dark no more. See, there is no darkness in anyone There is no darkness in me. The darkness touched him not, nor me, who brought him forth for me to look upon. My willingness to see the light, see the light, see the purity, see the innocence, is there to be seen. I have to will to see it. And his sinlessness but pictures mine. His gentleness becomes my strength. And both will gladly look within and see the holiness that must be there because, because, because of what I looked upon in him. You know, this just goes on. And, you know, that God created us and God created us to be beautiful and to love one another and to see only that, see that only that goodness, that purity of light the purity of love, the purity of joy, the purity of happiness. What else could I want to look upon? I went to a meeting, an AA meeting at 8 o'clock in the morning and this Sunday and, um, well, yesterday already. <laughs> and there were two guys there. They were new. One had seven days. And one, he was, he looked like he'd been up for a week. And, 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 when I shared, he 
he he stopped and interrupted me, and he and he's and he said something like, "I haven't slept for three days, and I've been drinking for three days." And I just looked at him, and I saw the light in him, and he smiled at me, and he just he said, "I'm so glad I'm here." <laughs> And I could really see the light in him. Throw his body out. You know, it's like dust to dust. We don't need it. We need to resurrect our souls, our esteem, our love for one another, the preciousness of the life that God has given us. And it's just such a beautiful thing to behold. And it can be seen because I want to see it there. Amen. Thank you, Lori and Lemoyne and Fran, every day for being here for me, for us. Amen. Thank you, Judy. Oh, thank you. I just wanted to make um, an apology for my remark about surrender, Dorothy. It was just something that spontaneously came from my heart because, you know, the numbers of paragraphs where he makes it so implicitly clear that the dream of judgment, there's no hope of happiness here, and um, how we see through perception, you know, that the past has failed, let it be gone, you know, the darkness of the frame and, you know, all that metaphor um, and, and and not being able to see in the darkness and the difference between the darkness and, and blindness through the eyes of the body and perception and, and seeing clear, clearly and, and, and with clarity the truth of who it is, who and what it is that we all are in unicity, that holy state of grace of unicity that's beyond perception, beyond the mind, beyond the judgmental mind. Gati, gati. I don't know. I'm I'm doing the heart sutra. (laughs) I'll be quiet now. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy. When Judy, this is Donna, when Judy was speaking and telling that uh, story, witnessing to how God works, what came to me was we never go anywhere for the reason we think. Our purpose always is to extend the Holy Spirit to bless and be blessed. I am complete. Oh, hear, hear. Thank you, Donna. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Donna. Absolutely sure. Always and already. Always and already. Um, I just, I just speak of it as a, a, a genuine, honest to God experience of in, in practical application. You know, it's, it's apparent to me everywhere I go and, and in everything I see that God is in everything I see, but put it into a, a particular situation and circumstance, uh, I think it's what we're learning 
the Holy Spirit teaches us to apply it specifically so that we can learn to generalize it. And, and, and it's, it's most fruitful in situations where suffering appears to us and when we call on the Holy Spirit to relieve not only others' suffering, but my suffering and seeing others suffer. So, you know, the, the unicity in the lesson becomes so generalized that it, the total and complete forgiveness happens. That's how it happened for me, that Christ was with it, within me and for me and within and for whatever it was I was looking upon. And so that, you know, there, there, there was no longer a, a subject looking at an object. It, it, it all became oneness looking at itself. And that is what oneness is. Amen. Thank you, Donna. Thanks, Judy. Yeah, that, that was clear about generalizing. That was good. Thank you, Judy. Thanks, Judy. This is Ida. Good morning. Um, my sight goes forth to look upon Christ's face. So the way the sentence is written, it implies that my sight needs to do something. It needs to go forth in order to look upon Christ's face. So to me, that means that if I think I'm truly seeing, when I'm only seeing through my senses, I'm not truly seeing. It's not real vision. That's what the Course teaches us. So my sight has to go forth into some real vision coming from the Holy Spirit within in order to look upon Christ's face. Thank you. I'm complete. Thank you, Ida. Thank you, Ida. Thank you, Ida. That's clear. Thank you, Ida. Gonna, I'm going to go back to this um, first paragraph where it says, you know, that the, what the body's eyes perceive fills you with fear. Fear, you know, implicit in that, um, and, and in the second line it says perhaps you think you can find a hope of satisfaction there. That, that um, desire, desire um, craving-filled heart of the ego that restless, irritable, and discontent with being present in the moment and filled with joy and happiness at just being, spiritually being present and in the moment without any need, without any want, without any desire. A desireless heart is a peaceful and a joyful and a content, contented full heart. And, um, you know, just that, um, you know, how that that fear, um, fear of that unconscious fear comes from my separation from God and wanting something outside of myself. 
that I am incomplete and need to satisfy myself by finding something outside of myself. That is the ego's restless, irritable, and discontent. It does not believe it's complete. It does not believe, it believes it's lacking something. It does not know of its own wholeness. Um, you know, that some finding some hope, hope in um, something outside of me, something I'm still looking for, seeking, that I need. Um, so um, I don't, I don't, you know, that, that idea that I think I need anything, that I'm not already perfectly accomplished, that um, there's something, some kind of darkness within me, that I haven't accepted God's creating me perfect, perfect in spirit, perfect in oneness, um, to accept God, God's truth of who I am rather than my interpretation of myself, my image of myself, my distortion of my parody of his creation. You know, this is, this is all inherent and, and impl- implicit in this blessing. And in the, in, in the, um, in the um, using Christ's consciousness to perceive everything I see the, in the purest, purest possible perception that, that I'm capable of being in a body. But it's a constant. It's a constant and steady and consistent choice, or it's not at all. It's either one or the other. And, um, you know, I can forget it, ignore it, deny it. Yeah, but it doesn't change it. I'm changelessly the way God created me. So there, there goes my fear. There goes my worries. There goes my doubts. I can never lose what that I am, what it is that I am. Amen. <laughs> oh, it sounds—it feels so good to say it. <laughs> Thank you, Judy. Well, good morning, everyone. This is Lori, and I think I'm off mute, huh? Yeah. Um, you know, for the longest time, um, for the longest time, I thought, because of Lesson 73, remember Lesson 73 is, I will there be light? I have the mistaken understanding that I was to see, with my body's eyes, light. (laughs) And that, you know, I look at that now and I think, oh, what a child uh, I was when I thought I, when I thought that was what I was supposed to see. And and it is true. It is true that some people do see that. I'm not. I'm not saying that. Um, that that's an error. But my error was thinking I was going to see that with my body size. <clears throat> few years ago I <clears throat> sorry I, I saw a YouTube video that just moved me right out of my socks it was um, a video of an autistic boy um, probably a pre-adolescent 
singing with all his heart with all his heart open the eyes of my heart Lord open the eyes of my heart <clears throat> and when I saw that video I realized that my mind is just like that autistic boy I don't understand what I see and and he opens this section exactly that way you know the way you have seen and long have seen has shown you no hope of comfort here um, and when I see with my body's eyes the only choice that seems to be available is specialness and specialness always sees lack and he, he addresses it more clearly in um, let's see in paragraph 17 it is your separate purpose that obscures the holiness that's the way I long have seen from the perspective of a personal self that's a little more neutral isn't it from the perspective of a personal self what am I going to see but other personal selves from the perspective of an ego what am I going to see except other egos and, and so this section more than anything to me represents an invitation to give up that way of seeing I subtitled it the miracle zone <laughs> I like to do that in my book because it reminds me of of um, of the shift you know um, when I can and the word see is so misleading um, because we associate it with something the body's eyes do but in point of fact I think he is asking me to realize that my heart can see better than my body's eyes think about that a minute And, and when I think about that I realize it's absolutely true it's absolutely true heart you know the center of one's being the place where the altar is the place where the holy the holiness is uh, the temple where the Holy Spirit resides it wants to go out I think of um, I think of just about any time I've loosened my way of seeing I can feel it I feel it in my heart um, that great shift that happens somebody once said that the the furthest distance in all creation is the distance between the mind and the heart and so this this reading is asking me to let the Holy Spirit reveal to me what can be seen as his father's mind shows him to you even the word brother uh, to me is sometimes misleading because it sounds as if uh, there's another brother other it sounds as if there's another but capital S self our true self 
Christ self contains us all. <clears throat> and that's what he's asking me to loosen my vision for and see with the eyes of my heart. Relinquish. It's not hard to relinquish that personal self, that ego self, when I realize it's given me nothing. Nothing I want to keep. It's anchored in the past. It's based on weird and inappropriate associations. This means that, this means that, this means that, on and on and on and on. Ego assigns meaning to things in the world that um, is based upon the school of hard knocks, if you will. All those hard learning lessons, the lessons that make me feel like I have to protect myself, that fear is real, that condemnation exists, that blame must be appropriated somewhere, because surely blame is the truth. All of that, all of that is in the ego self, the personal self. Christ's self is the bridge between the worlds. There's only two thought systems, the thought system of the ego, where everything is in separation, where fear rules the day, where my condemnation goes forth and returns crucifixion to my mind, where the world is populated with characters that are based on fear, whose names I don't really know, and then there's the thought system of love, the thought system of truth. And truth is always true. If truth is holiness in my mind, then truth is the holiness of creation. That's what this lesson is asking me to do. My sight goes forth to look upon Christ's face, not as not as an entity, a thing, um, a something, but rather as a willingness to have truth revealed to me. My sight goes forth to look upon Christ's face. And then he says, we ask for the illusion. And that was such a, that felt like a weight lifted from my mind because I'm not asking to see something with my body's eyes. I'm asking to see with my heart. And I can. And I can when I loosen that thing in my mind that says you're other, that creation is other. The Christ vision <clears throat> is, is not about a seeing. It's about um, sharing is uh, how I've come to understand it. I share the way I have been seen by Christ. And when I can accept the atonement for myself, I've accepted it for all creation. I've accepted the truth of holiness. And if I know anything at all about holiness, I know it must be shared, for therein lies everything that makes it holy. It's the same with love. It must be shared, for therein lies everything that makes it love. And now I start to, to get those glimpses 
And he says, Christ's vision will come first in glimpses. And, and that's, that's why I've titled this section The, the Miracle Zone. Because um, none of this is anything I can do on my own. I, it just it can't be done. If I read this section as an ego, it's all words. But if I read this section as <laughs> a sponge, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes I just have to be a sponge. Show me the truth, Father. Just show me the truth. And that realization is the simultaneous realization that I'm giving up anything that I held to be the truth. Because the wonderful thing about it is truth has always been true. And that's the definition of a miracle. A miracle is that shift in perception that happens when my forgiveness is complete. And that's nothing I can do on my own. And um, the other reason I call this the miracle zone <clears throat> is because of how he words it in 19. I realize this vision is shared. I want to back up for just a minute and say that healing is an act of mind an act of thought. Healing is an act of thought by which two minds realize their oneness and are glad. <clears throat> That's uh, another definition of a miracle. Uh, forgiveness um, allows to happen in my mind. And you know, miracles are always just for my mind. There is no other mind. And so when I give up special purpose, that I had. It's the only way I can make the exit from specialness. The only way I can make the exit from the ego thought system is by allowing the Holy Spirit to show me the truth, which is, by definition, forgiveness, because I've loosened my way of seeing. I've said, I don't want this. I don't want this. All the suffering I ever experienced in my life was a consequence of seeing this way. Blinded by condemnation, blame, guilt. I don't want this. And in the not wanting this, truth is simultaneously allowed to rush in. And it rushes in. In such a way that I realize I was the one. I, it was my mind that had that special purpose where I see from my own specialness. And what an awful thing that was. What a terrible way to look at the world. I couldn't participate in love like that. And I don't want it. <clears throat> and that's how the miracle restores me to truth. And the beautiful thing about it is my brother, this, this one whom Christ loved, who is a temple to the Holy Spirit, in whom the altar of holiness abides, realizes that same holiness simultaneously with me. And then we're both restored to truth. I had a friend one time that wanted to understand something so deeply and 
I kept telling this friend, well, if you would only this, if you would only that, <clears throat> thinking that I had the answer for this friend. And oh, how hard I tried. I mean, I prayed for a miracle. I prayed, show me, show me, show me. <laughs> and it, um, it finally, 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 by the grace of God, came to me that the gap across which I was trying to pull this friend was in my mind. That gap was in my mind. And just like that, I realized that the miracle is that realization, that that gap, that specialness, that place across which I had so hard tried to pull my friend <laughs> was only in my mind. And instantly I knew the truth that capital self is what belongs to all of us. And I love the way this lesson, I just love the way this lesson ends. Today I choose to see a world forgiven in which everyone shows me the face of Christ and teaches me, teaches me that that gap in my mind doesn't exist. And in point of fact, everything I look upon belongs to me. We belong. We belong to each other. That's the way God created us. His Holy Son is the identity we all share. And in that way, we belong to each other. And when I realize that creation belongs to me, what is there to condemn? What is there to blame? What is there to set aside and say, no, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. No. We belong to each other. And in that sense, I realize the truth that we are co-creators with our Father. And we exist to extend his love. And now, and now I see, now I see that what I give, the love I give, is his. It's not mine. The love I give is his. And what I give is his. I learned to understand his gift of holiness to me. And what happens is I've released my mind to the thought system of truth where every character in the story is love, that the plot line is love, that love is the direction and love is the journey, and that love is just simply the truth. I think I'm complete. Wow, thank you, Lori. I think we love you, Mari, um, because you are so much uh, love, <laughs> exemplified.
Thanks, Ida. According to what you just said, when I think my sight goes forth to look upon Christ's face, of course, Christ's face is not just Jesus of the Bible or Joshua, whatever you want to call him. Christ's face is in all of you. Christ's face is my brother, which is everyone. Thank you. Thank you, Ida. This is Donna. I think this lesson, and even this chapter today, is where uh, Thomas Hora got his prayer, uh, which I pray um, in metapsychiatry. And um, I'm going to quote it. He said, God, he says, man is seen as a place where God's presence reveals itself as omniactive love intelligence. And um, it's interesting because I'm also reading um, the secret teachings of Jesus. And, and in one of the notes, it refers to man, uh, the, the definition of man, according to Jesus' speaking to the disciples, is represents the complete allness, or almost like the heaven. Uh, which is um, all the completeness of God. I am complete. Thank you, Donna. 
And and would you repeat that prayer once again, please? I just love it. I am a place where God's presence reveals itself as omniactive love hyphen intelligence. I am complete. Uh, Let me add, please, that that is on page three of a book called uh, Beyond the Dream, Awakening to Reality by Thomas Hoare, MD. And I am complete. Amen. Thank you, Donna. And I have a sweet thing to share with you. I was talking to a friend last week who asked me, who's been on the call lately? And I said, oh, Donna came back. Let's see, Donna. She said, Donna. I said, she's the one who talks about metapsychiatry. Oh, yeah. I remember Donna. I went and got that book. Oh, I just love that book. I just love that she shared that. So there's a little light back at you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, let's see. Our crew has kind of dwindled down, so maybe I'll just share a little bit more about why I love paragraph 19. Um, Early on in the book, he said, your brother is a mirror as long as perception lasts, and it will last as long as you want it, seen with the body's eyes. And... um, And when I loosen uh, what I thought my mind wanted, specialness, and realize that there's only universal purpose here, universal purpose being the unity of creation, Um, and that I don't have to come up with that, that it'll be revealed to me as I loosen my way. I can step right into that realization that it's my only function, my only function to see in my brother what he may or may not see. It doesn't matter. If I see the truth, the truth will be revealed to both of us. By definition, that's a miracle. And... um, And I learn <clears throat> that there's only two choices. There's only ever two choices. I can either see specialness or holiness. Those are the only two choices available to me. And they're as complete in themselves uh, as, it apply- as it implies that when I see from my ego, I will see egos. 
but when I see from holiness, I'll see holiness. And um, and there's no crossover, and there's no partial way. You know, I can't um, I can't appreciate holiness here and holiness there and holiness there and holiness there and not holiness. <laughs> you know, if if I have one not holiness, um, the truth is lost to me. And so the ego thought system and the thought system of truth are uh, entirely without um, without any shared zones, you know. Um, I have to fall back to Christ in order to uh, find the thought system of truth. And isn't that just perfect? I mean... He says the lesson of the crucifixion is teach only love for that is what you are. And um, and without the way shower, um, that is just impossible to me. Anyway, uh, I'm complete. Oh, thank you, Lori. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad you're back, Fran. <laughs> Several people yeah, seem too. to have dropped off call. the call at the same time. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, that's funny. I maybe there was some massive disconnect in the free conference call oh. HD. <laughs> I'm glad you're back. Me too. Me too. read a little quote from Rupert, Rupert Spira this weekend that went something like, um, keep your attention on the seeing rather than what is seen. Lori, keep your attention on the seeing rather than what is seen. And... Um, <laughs> I thought, okay, I know why he wrote that now. <laughs> you know, because if I'm if I keep my focus on the what is seen, um, I have a real hard time um, I as in a personal self have a real hard time. But if I keep my focus on the seeing, I'm no longer attached to the what is seen as much as the process of revelation. You know, he says, revelation unites minds directly with God, and miracles unite souls with each other. So in that sense, um, learning to see what the Holy Spirit reveals to me becomes the miracle zone. Um, now I'm complete. <laughs> Yeah, that's nice, Lori. Thank this you, Lori. Moines. Yeah, thanks. The thing of uh, keep your attention on the seeing, and to me that's that spoke of perception, right? That's focused on 
the seeing itself. What am I adding, you know, or or not <clears throat> recognizing? What is my perception doing here, rather than what is seen, which is the in, within already within some frame that I have placed, right? So, <clears throat> you know, the reading says. <laughs> Don't don't get hung up on the frame, but I get the point of uh, he's making is uh, you know it it's uh, it can be helpful to notice and to be willing to return to the frame that I'm putting on things so that <clears throat> I can distinguish what is a reaction to the frame rather than, you know, the, uh, put it in terms of the reading, you know, the acceptance of the, of the gift that, uh, um, gift of life, right? That's one thing that is the same, that obviously they're focused on another another human being is uh, that at least that much can be seen to be the same and accepted and uh, that <clears throat> you know it, it seems seems a huge challenge to see perfection but that's only true within what is seen and uh, not if I if I do what Rupert suggested there and <laughs> take a look at what I'm adding to it with my seeing yeah uh, thanks sorry I've, I've been struggling actually with my right eye my body's eye <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> It got mad this morning. Maybe I'd like to think it's a cat hair, but it's probably my own hair. And, uh, man, you know, it gets irritated, and my nose runs, and I sneeze. Now I'm hoarse. <laughs> it's like, ah. No. It's hard to see um, enough to read, even. And, uh, um,. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I don't want to, uh, I don't want to blame the body's eyes. Maybe I'm accepting things I should forgive here, but I really, I really don't see the problem as the fact that the body has eyes. They, they bring me some vision of an out of a greater world than what's going on with me I think that I think that the point is to just is to recognize that you know I'm not alone never were and can't be <clears throat> and that this thing that this is something that all life shares and that sameness um, creation can be recognized as something 
eternal that I'm within and is not threatening, really. <clears throat> We're all in the same boat. Mm. Kind of... Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, the... the Another thing that, that comes to me in this focus on seeing is the question of where is where am I when I'm focused on somebody else? And I think what really happens is the mind extends. We actually can get outside our own individualized, seemingly separate head and go and go and you know offer joining, recognize sameness, and. Or, you know, it can look for difference and and uh, try to prove separation. And this is the thing of the seeing as, as, as perception in the world versus just seeing what really is. So, thanks for your patience this morning. <laughs> oh, thank you, Lamorne. Thank you, Lamont. That was really great. Well, we have to end this recording. Um, but as is always the case, we stay on after the recording ends. In the event that there are other things that we can see more clearly with the, each other's vision. So. Closing today is in chapter 29. You cannot wake yourself, yet you can let yourself be wakened. You can overlook your brother's dreams. So perfectly can you forgive him his illusions. He becomes your savior from your dreams. And as you see him shining in the space of light where God abides within the darkness, you will see that God himself is where his body is. Before this light, the body disappears as heavy shadows must give way to light. The darkness cannot choose that it remain. The coming of the light means it is gone. In glory will you see your brother then and understand what really fills the gap so long perceived as keeping you apart. How holy are you? that the Son of God can be your Savior in the midst of dreams of desolation and disaster. See how eagerly he comes and steps aside from heavy shadows that have hidden him and shines on you in gratitude and love. He is himself, but not himself alone. And as his Father lost not part of him in your creation, so the light in him is brighter still because you gave your light to him to save him from the dark. And now the light in you must be as bright as shines in him. This is the spark that shines within the dream, that you can help him waken and be sure his waking eyes will rest on you and in his glad salvation, you are saved. How about that for sharing? Amen.
thank you everyone who called and read Amen. and shared and listened. Grateful. Thank you. Thank you.